The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Shortly after five o'clock, actually, you're going to be speaking to some people taking part in those cost of living protests that are planned over the weekend. And on that note, Sinn Féin's finance spokesperson, Pierce Doherty, is with me because their party uh, published their alternative budget today. Uh, Pierce, you're welcome to the show. Uh, on the tax front, what is it you would do? Well, look, um, obviously, we, we have a number of proposals in relation to tax. Uh, this is a, a, a budget for the for the people. It's a budget for change. And what we want to do is we want to give workers and families that certainty that they'll get through the winter, but also planning and send, setting down the foundations to deal with the crisis in health and, and housing uh, and uh, making sure we have strong public services. So there is a tax package there recognising that there is a cost of living crisis. So we want to cut the USC. Uh, we want to cut the lowest rate of USC from 0.5% right down to zero. The second rate would be cut from two down to half a percent. And the third rate, instead of kicking in at 21,000 euro, it would now kick in at uh, 24,000 euro. Uh, so this would benefit uh, workers to the tune of about 300 euro. It's a fair way to do it. But also on, with our uh, cash payments, uh, that would also, if, for example, if you were on Forty thousand euro, you would also be benefiting uh, in cash payments uh, to the tune of about three hundred euro as well. So there's a, a comprehensive package there in terms of supports uh, for for you there. If you're a renter, Kieran, you would get additional supports in terms of uh, tax because we want to put one month's rent back into your pocket, and that would be through a, a tax credit, a renter's credit. We used to have one of these. Um, it was introduced in the 1980s. It existed right up until New Year's Eve 2017, and we want to bring it back. Uh, putting, as I said, a month's rent back into renters' pockets. And then there's a couple of other taxation measures as well that would support uh, support families. On the other end of it, those with broader shoulders, those that have individual incomes above €140,000, we want to see them pay uh, a solidarity tax of an uh, additional 3% on the income above that portion. How much would that accrue? Well, the 3% uh, surcharge would bring in about €242 million, which isn't much short of uh, actually putting a month's rent back into all renters' pockets. Uh, there's another proposal there, for example, in terms of uh, tapering out tax credits on incomes above €100,000. That would bring in €270 million, uh, And that would, you know, mm. more than uh, pay for the, the, the policy that we have, which is cutting childcare costs by two-thirds. So in budgets, you know, when you come up with budgets, you have to make choices. Some of these choices are difficult. Some of them aren't that difficult. And then those two that I give you an example of, they're, they're a no-brainer for me. Should I cut uh, childcare costs for families mm. by two-thirds? In the case of a child in full-time childcare in Dublin... G- give, me, give, me an example of a, give me an example of a difficult choice you made. Something you would have wanted to do, but you haven't. Yeah, well, the, the, there, there, there's quite a bit of... There, obviously, there's a lot that we need to do in terms of, um, in, in terms of supports in different areas. And we weren't able to do some of that all in the first year because we had to prioritise. Uh, so, you know, while we've been able to do stuff on agriculture, I would like to do a lot more. Uh, we would like to do a lot more in third level education. We have a substantial package, but like education uh, uh, is really uh, where, you know, where, where we will continue to track t- the, the type of talent, mm. um, but also the type of investment in here. Uh, so the budget really this year had to focus on cost of living measures. It had to deal with the, the crisis in housing and um, by delivering those, those 20,000 social and affordable houses. And it also had to start to fix the crisis that we have okay. in health. Uh, so there's a huge issue there in terms of capacity, but also training uh, the healthcare okay. uh, staff of the future. On, on 
the housing issue, uh, the landlords themselves, individual landlords or certainly landlords who own, who own uh, uh, less than five properties, were looking for a tax break as well. Uh, they were looking for the the the, the tax on their income from rent uh, uh, to be taxed at twenty five percent as opposed to a higher rate. Have you done anything for them? No, because they have no. Uh, there's no evidence at all to suggest that would actually deal with the crisis. The reality here is that landlords are getting out. Some uh, are accidental landlords; others were negative equity. They no longer are. But you just have to look at what's happened within the property market. Uh, property prices now are beyond the Celtic Tiger peak. Landlords, accidental landlords, are cashing out, uh, and the idea that just making them, you know, more profitable in terms of uh, tax take, uh, I don't believe, and I'm not convinced that that will actually solve the problem. Rents have never been as high. You think they'll still sell the the uh, all these individual landlords we hear about who are fleeing the market? They would still flee the market if you were to afford them this tax break. They are cashing out because they, 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 the amount of money they can get on their asset is absolutely astronomical. But maybe if the, the amount of money they got on their rent uh, was a little bit higher, they might not cash out. And that might the keep evidence. the rental stock where it is. Yeah, and that's fine. But let's actually look at what's happened in the last couple of years. So rents have been increasing. Rents have been increasing time and time again. So in the last year, new rents have gone up by 9.2%, but they've been going up every single year. So you would imagine if things were fair, if things were balanced, given the fact that rents have been going up and also that taxation over the last period as well has actually come down, that you would imagine that landlords mm. uh, would be staying in the market. They're not. Why aren't they? There's two things that are happened. First of all, landlords who bought properties during the, the, the peak period, the government introduced a tax measure which says that they can exit without paying capital gains tax. But the, and that actually, the, the, the date, the trigger date for that was last year. So every year that they hold on to their property beyond last year, they actually pay more capital gains tax. So there's an incentive for them to cash out. Yeah. And the real incentive now is actually that we are way beyond Kelsey Tiger Peak, that people are just seeing huge amounts of, of money. People are looking at, you know, at being able to cash out, not having to deal with the, 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 the issues that, you know, landlords want to deal with. And as I said, many of them were accidental, some were negative equity, don't want to take the risk again during yeah. the crash. Well, and that's the problem here. So what we have done in terms of our policies, particularly what Owner Bryn has put forward, is actually been able to acquire uh, homes where landlords are selling up with tenants in them. So we don't have a situation where we have people being put into homelessness. Yeah. Um, but actually um, being able to keep those within uh, the rental stock. Uh, on the cost of living then, the other issue you mentioned that is kind of first and foremost the priority with this budget and which in Fain's alternative budget proposals. Tell me a bit more about the direct cash payments that you're proposing. Yeah, so th- there's two main kind of parts and uh, well, there's quite a, bit, a number of parts, but two main kind of things that we're saying in, in relation to immediate stuff with energy. So there's cost of living cash payments. These are payments from €500 Euro down to €100. Euro. Um, and so, for example, if you're on twenty thousand euro, you would receive five hundred euro if you're an adult, um, and and then they start to step down from there. So, if you're on thirty thousand euro, it's four hundred euro, forty thousand euro, three hundred, and so on. If you're on seventy thousand or above, you, you will not get that type of support. But what all families will get, and all households will get, will get a reduction in their electricity bill because we also want to, as as is happening right across Europe now, and in the last seventy two hours, two more countries have announced that they're going to um, pr- give price certainty for electricity for their citizens. That's the day. And the Netherlands, uh, and that's happened already in France and Austria and Slovenia is going to do it. Um, Poland's done it, Romania's mm. doing it. You know, there's many countries that are doing it. So we want, what we want to do is two things. We want to reduce the cost of electricity back to where it was in the summer of last year before the crisis. 
uh, that's where average households were paying about €1,000 compared to €2,300 now per year. So that's the first thing we want to do. The second thing is we want to keep it at that level right throughout the winter, lifting that pressure, giving that certainty. and and, And does that plan not necessitate a massive transfer of wealth from the exchequer to private energy companies? No, it's actually the the money is going into the the pockets of of homeowners because what they do, what they get is their bills reduced. This isn't about boosting the profits uh, of energy companies. Indeed, we. It's about guaranteeing their profits, though. Well, not 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 necessarily because we have also argued, despite the fact that the government resisted this, that we need an excessive profit tax because some operators are making huge amounts of profit and that's why we need an excessive profit tax to make sure that we're not seeing exploitation of the crisis and the war in Ukraine. Uh, but but we don't profit. have that excessive profit tax and, and your proposal, I mean, whether people agree or disagree with it or not, it is a statement of fact that it would transfer wealth from the exchequer to private energy companies. No, 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 I think you're missing the point here. So, like, no, I understand the point. The point is to keep my bills and your bills and everybody else's bills at a lower level, back what they were yeah. before this energy crisis started. But in order to do that, you're going to subsidise those energy companies. You're going to give them the price differential. Uh, uh, absolutely. So there's a, there's a choice here. A very simple so I was right. Here. So you are transferring no, wealth from no, the exchequer no. to private energy companies. What, what you're do- well, you're not increasing their profits at all in relation to this year. So what you're doing... You're not really incentivising them to cut their profits, though. No. Well, first, let me make this, make this point and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that point. There's two things. First of all, there's a choice here. Either the ordinary households that are under serious pressure pay these ex- excessive bills or the state takes it on. I believe the state needs to take that, that portion on and that's what's happening in many countries across Europe. So that's very, very clear and we provide certainty. The second thing is these policies that we've been arguing for many, many months now. The coupling of gas and renewable energy, how the, the market works, we've argued for it. Eamon Ryan, uh, on behalf of the government, argued against it in Europe. Now, it's going to happen in Europe because Europe has, is forcing this issue. This will have a downward pressure on, on prices uh, over this period. The second thing is an excessive profit tax which other countries in Europe have done, which the European Commission said countries could do. We've been arguing on that about that since, the, since about March of last year. Pascal Donoghue has been before the committee saying he's not doing it. It would be the wrong thing. The European Commissioner's now saying mm. we're doing it because these companies uh, were, are getting profits that they never, ever thought. Yeah, so no, listen, people listening to this, this would be, people listening to this would be delighted that their energy bills would go back to what they were before this crisis began. But executives and shareholders in private energy companies will be equally delighted. They'll find no, themselves they're... absolutely astounded that they're in the pocket of Sinn Féin of all parties. Would Kieran, they, they would if they thought that that's all we were going to do. But I'm just after saying we're going to bring forward an excessive profit tax. We argued for that. The government resisted that. The European Commission are now saying it, we need to do this. So this is this will actually reduce the profits of these companies. So these companies who were getting away with it under Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, who were making eye-watering profits compared to where they were last year, will now see their profits capped. That's what Italy has done. That's what other countries have done. That's what von der Leyen has outlined in terms of Europe. That's now Europe's package. The Irish government have had to do an almighty U-turn and say that they are now going to agree with this. So those executives who were creaming it, who were thinking that they were going to make 50 and 60 and 70% additional profits compared to last year, are not going to get away with it any longer. And if we were in government, they wouldn't even have got away with it by now because we would have introduced that measure back in March when the European Commission was saying this was an option under the European toolbox. What do you say to people who are earning slightly over €70,000 and feel that they should get some sort of cash payment as well to help them with their bills? 
Well, I would say to them that you will see over the winter period your electricity bill more than half. I would say to them, if you have a child, you will see a reduction in your childcare. That means if you've got a, a child in full-time childcare in, in Dublin in the crash, that's €6,600 in your pocket. If you, have a chi- if you have a child going to third-level education, we will cut you that your feet by €1,000. Uh, and we will also make the investment in terms of uh, in terms of housing and in terms of health, which all people in, in society rely on. So there is a huge benefit here. And, you know, people aren't just looking uh, who are maybe higher earners. They're not just looking at what's in it for me. They also want to, you know, have a proper health service. They look at shame and, and to face that the fact that we have 10,000 people in emergency accommodation, the fact that we have so many people that can, that can never even aspire now to, have a, to own a home because of uh, the runaway prices, People have a sense of decency here and they can see in our package that this is fair, this is balanced, this prioritise those who need it most, but make sure that we support all people throughout this period of, of crisis, particularly with the cost of living. Uh, I, before I let you go, I mean, as somebody who's talked about uh, in, in the context of a, a possible future Minister for Finance, do you think Ireland is shooting itself in the foot by giving up the presidency of the Eurogroup? Well, first of all, the presidency of the Eurogroup is up for re-election. Uh, so, like this idea that this is a permanent feature for ourselves is, is uh, you know, is, is baffling to tell you the truth. But the reality uh, it's, is, up, it's up for re-election. Like Mary Lou Macdonald's presidency of Sinn Fein comes up for re-election, or Jerry Adams is used to. It's not really up for re-election. It's Pascal's if he wants it. Well, well, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure of that for for, for a start. Um, and, and let me make this point here: what we need isn't a change of the guard in relation to Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue. Or what we don't need is Leo Varadkar stepping into Michal Martin's shoes. Because the reality is, we're going to have it. We've had budgets for the last couple of years from these parties. We've seen that you know they have they have created the housing crisis. The housing crisis wasn't a pandemic. It wasn't a war in some far off nation that's caused pressure here. It was because of the policies of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Fáil. The reason we have a million people on hospital wait lists. The, le- the reason we have situations where we have children with scoliosis uh, who, who cannot get the types of operation that they need. The reason why we have so much people who are in desperate need, particularly of disability services and mental health services that can't get the action is because we haven't made the proper investments during budget days in the past. So we don't need a change in the guard, whether they're the chair of the Eurogroup or not. What we need is a change of government. What we need is an election. And I believe that the desire for change that we see at the last election uh, two years ago, I think that's only grown. I think the appetite is there. I'm hearing it all the time on the ground. For me, as 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 an opposition spokesperson on finance, it is my job to set out a vision of where I think the country can go, where the country should go, uh, and show the plan to bring it there. And I think that with what we have published today, uh, more and more people will see that Sinn Féin is the way and is the future. Sinn Féin, TD and Finance spokesperson, Piers Doherty. Piers, thanks many for joining us here on the show. Alex says, uh, 10 years of taxing the rental sector into decline has led us to this crisis. Both landlords and tenants have been robbed and supply is now minimal. Mike, having none of a populist crap from Sinn Féin, they'll have this country go belly up if they are in power. And Pat Shannon from County Clare says the fear of a Sinn Féin government is driving landlords out of the market. Taxing professional people will discourage professional labour. He is just playing to his electorate with populist nonsense when he gets in government he is in for a huge shock because he cannot fulfill his outlandish promises pat thank you for the text 53106 the number keep them coming the hard shoulder with kieran cuddy with nissan weekdays from four on news talk